everyone, my name is Rebecca Reinhardt. And I'm Gina Phillips. And this is Taking Taking Back Back My My Life podcast. This is a very raw and candid telling of Rebecca's journey to reclaim her life after a personal sex tape was posted on multiple porn sites. Without my consent. Just to help. Yeah, put a fisherman's friend in your mouth before we do this. What? Right as I press record. (laughs) Wow. And we're back. (laughs) (laughs) Season two of Taking Back My Life podcast. This is the beginning. Can you believe it? Okay. While she's busy. (laughs) Delicious. So September 2019, we released the first season of this podcast. It seems like a long time ago now, doesn't it? Yeah, it's so it's so weird to look back and like not only did we release it in September, I was starting to work on this a year, a year or so before. prior to releasing that. So it's like I cannot believe it's Ugh. been what like I don't even know. I can't even conceptualize <laughs> time right now because so many things happen or like all So the time. many things happened and then people would talk to me about details from the podcast, which had happened a year before that. And then I was getting them confused with current details of your life. Oh man. Oh yeah, because people are listening to it thinking some people think that it's happening like right now, which is mm-hmm. fair. Totally fair. Um we forgot to mention that we <laughs> No dates attached to it. (laughs) We like to be confusing. It keeps people on their toes. Hey, life is spicy. You got to go with it. Life is so spicy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, you went from having this big secret, essentially, Mm -hmm. about having this sex tape online. It was released without your consent uh, with an ex-boyfriend. And you had had buried that inside yourself for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And then you went... No, this is bullshit. I I need to live my truth that this happened to me. And if I don't, I will carry around shame that I don't believe that I should have. Yeah. So you went from having the secret to releasing a very raw, very emotional <laughs> podcast, totally yep. unedited for the world to listen to. What was that like? Releasing it? Gosh, I think I was so nervous the entire time. I think, I mean... Having a secret for that long and having it weigh me down for that long and then all of a sudden making the decision to release it and do it and follow through with it, I don't think I knew what was going to happen. And when I did release it, I, to be honest, I think I like shut down and shut out the world a bit to give myself some space to be like, okay, mm-hmm. I just did this. This is really important. I love that it's there. I think the message is strong. I don't really understand the process totally, but it was totally wildly <laughs> insane and mm-hmm. beautiful. It was like jumping off a cliff in a way. 1000% and it was the only decision that felt right. Like it was the only thing that felt that this I, I can't explain it, but it, I had to do it. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of challenge to that, you know, like, why are you talking about this? Why are you being so open about this? And, you know, like hiding from it for six years was just not cool with me anymore. And it was really dampening me. And so I wanted to take my power back. And somebody said something so beautiful to me. She said, uh, messaged me on direct message and was like, you are taking your narrative back. And I was like, yes. I was like, that's 
that's what I'm doing. That's what this is. That's what this campaign is. That's what the podcast yeah, but was. Did you say, yeah, that's basically the name of our podcast? Well, yeah, but you know what's so funny is like going through something, when you're the one going through the emotional side of it, there is so much to work around to find yeah. clarity. Mm, that's so true, actually. Even yes. I really struggled with that. Yeah, yes. because yeah. we were so involved with it. Mm-hmm. And to be able to be like, well, this is the reason why and be so concise and clear about it right away was really difficult. Oh. And it was hard for me to manage that with like really close people, family yes. and friends to be like, I can't explain this right now, but this is exactly what needs to be happening. So it was a really wild ride. And mm-hmm. I went away to like Calgary, which mm-hmm. is smaller than Toronto, and I just knew I needed some space. Yeah. Like I needed to be around nature. I needed to be around not many people. I needed to like distance myself from friends involved with the individual that, you know, is being still pursued legally a little bit. And like, oh, it was just, so you were a lot. finally controlling the narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were, although you distanced yourself physically, you were very active online throughout yes. the entire thing. You were getting messages from people. You were putting posts out on a very regular basis. Yes. So what was that like? It was kind of interesting. Like I had planned the campaign. Like there was a lot of planning behind it. It was like, okay, I'm going to release something new every Monday. And then I've got the rest of the week to kind of have some freedom to play with more posts and more meaningful things. And I had a very big strategy to it, but I also planned it to allow for new things to come up or for me to feel differently about a post or Mm -hmm. for me to... Like give yourself space to be flexible depending on how you feel. Yeah, because it was interesting to me to plan out a strategy for this. Like (laughs) I didn't know how to wrap my head around planning because I'm such an artist that I like to be very free and move freely with the creativity and this was like there's a purpose to this it needs to be clear Mm -hmm. it needs to be concise this is what the plan is going to be you know I had um, a publicist there behind me like helping me because there was I we all like there was some sort of energy around this being very important and I definitely needed the help placing that importance and clarity behind it and so um, yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that. So Jenna Warner was your publicist throughout this. Yeah. And as we went on media appearances, and you got quite a few, mm-hmm. uh, how did she help you mold a message when you want to be so raw about it? How did you manage that? She was amazing throughout this entire thing. Like, I think the really cool thing was she would have a meeting with me prior. Okay. And she would kind of do like a faux interview and she would be like, okay, I love this. This is really great. Um, I think we should really focus on this aspect. I think this is really important for users to hear. And she would coach me through, you know, my brain has been spinning and it was spinning. It's not as much anymore, Mm -hmm. but it was really spinning because there's so many things to talk about. And so she would kind of help me formulate the best plan of attack within the certain media um, avenues, you know, like if it was going to be on radio and it was these users, like maybe we should think about talking about this. But Mm -hmm. then the funniest part about that is like everything happened so in the moment and there was (laughs) zero strategy behind it. I walked into those being so open, so raw. Yeah. And I had, you have to be able to adjust right on the spot and be swift in your thinking and 
I don't know. Well, you have to be, it's different than like when I host something, I'm allowed to have a barrier between me and my emotions. Right. Whereas like you're telling a very personal story. So you have to stay raw in order for people to see the authenticity that you want to get get through. But you also want to make sure that you are getting your own narrative across. Mm -hmm. Did you ever get any questions from the interviewers that really threw you? Yes. And... Oh, there was was one. Okay, so there was the radio interview with Jerry Agar and... News Talk 1010. News Talk 1010. And he was, honestly, behind the scenes, he was very compassionate about the process, but he was like, we're going in. And I was like, yep, uh (laughs) uh-huh. And, um, but there was this one part where he had a genuine question about, like, something about the shame around, do, do I basically, like, still hold shame for posting a sex tape? And if I could go back, you know, would I change it? for shooting the, the sex tape, yeah. not posting it. Right, sorry. Yeah. Oh, sorry, mm-hmm. did I say that? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I did not post it. She did not post it. Oh my it. god, this whole premise of this. Oh, are you Good sure we can't here. edit this out? She never, <laughs> by the way, everybody, I wanted to edit this podcast 1,000 times, and she didn't let me, and I released season one <laughs> against my will. Um, anyway, so yeah, uh, she did not post the video. That's so funny. <laughs> Imagine. We want the rawness behind it. But um, anyways, the conversation kind of went that, do you take fault in this situation? And I was like, whoa. And it clicked instantly and very intuitively in me to be like, that is not the problem here. The problem is the breach of trust. And that, and that, I think, is what kind of filtered into the other interviews right. after, was me being like, oh my gosh, there's this perception that I'm a... I'm a slut. I'm awful. I made a mistake by recording this. And I was like, no. You're like, that's not even the conversation. And even within the social, yes. they were beautiful about that. They were like, Rebecca, like only a week ago, did we do a segment on this? And we were basically like shaming the women in our own way. We didn't know we were doing it. We didn't mean mm. to. And they're like, what you're doing is so important because they weren't wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. And, and so it's like that message of the breach of the trust being the problem is really essential and became kind the, of organically yes. came a part of the media. Yeah, the hosts of The Social, which is a talk show in Canada, they were basically making these realizations that they had been shaming celebrities in the past during their conversations on air. And once they heard Rebecca's side of the story, it was really fascinating because I think it was Lainey just was mm-hmm. like after the interview <laughs> and we saw this, Jenna and I behind the scenes, like she's just like, thank you. Like I, I think about this whole thing differently now. Mm-hmm. That was so cool. That's, that was, What a surreal experience. Like mm-hmm. that was a very powerful segment itself because of just what the <laughs> – show is itself but at the same time I think what lingers with me is how even people that are seen on TV and they're heard talking every day and their voices really matter to hear them say what you're doing is very important was really impactful because a lot of the times going through this I'm like why am I doing this I don't fully understand it but it felt right like Mm -hmm. no matter what happened or what was going on within me or within the outside world it always felt right and so to have those moments of confirmation were great because there were also so many challenging I know. comments. And- well, I, I thought it was awesome with the social because I was watching the live audience. And <sighs> when <laughs> – <gasps> so they kind of like – teased your segment and they were like okay and coming up Rebecca Reinhardt shot a video you know an intimate video and then it got posted online more after the break and you just kind of saw the audience like sort of I don't know like getting a bit uncomfortable they didn't know what to expect and then they were faced with you and having to listen to your story 
And it was awesome. I, they went from sort of shaking their heads to like nodding their wow. heads. And then you just you started saying things and it became quite inspirational. And there was spontaneous applause. Like mm-hmm. they applauded you at this, this one thing that you <laughs> yeah. said. And I mean, I can't remember. It was a total blur. But uh, yeah, that was a really cool thing to yeah. see. It was nice to have you guys there. I know. <laughs> I was like, so talk about that. Yeah, like, um, <clears throat> yeah, not just us, but the people, the listeners of the podcast. Can you talk about uh, other victims that reached out? Yes. I mean, honestly, from the first day that I posted about this and then going through onto even, like, the social and all the radio things, people, it's been so positive overall. I can't even believe it. Um, people have been reaching out. Well, sorry, let me say this and see what happens but it's been very positive the feedback that has been coming back being like this is very necessary I needed to hear this and then they would go into like oh I've I'm going through something myself and which is not positive of course that they went through something but I think when you say something do you mean like the same thing happened to them some people so I had some people reach out a lot 90% of people that reached out had something similar happen to them but there are also a lot of people still reaching out recently that have had something traumatic happen to them and that they're just like the way that you're healing from this is really inspiring me and thank you so much because I'm finding strength and there also have been other emails though that I'm like oh wow you know I'm so happy you reached out I want to connect with you but it was also a lot of like emotional things being thrown at me being like this is what I'm going through and there'd be like stories life stories which is beautiful and we connected in a way that was I had to create some strong boundaries to be like, thank you so much. Like, I'm, I'm here with you. I am not an expert to help you totally like manage this, but like, here's yeah. what I did, and and I think you should talk to someone. I'm talking to someone. It's really beautiful, and so um, it was just it was a lot of really positive things. It was a lot, um, but it also just kind of fuels the future things that are going to happen. Right? Yeah. Like you kind of ended up coming out of it as like a bit of a. Like, your brand became about healing mm-hmm. from anything, really, and finding love and truth mm-hmm. throughout that process. Now, isn't that cool? Because that was the intention behind it. I know. <laughs> so, like, sex tape or not, you kind of found, like, a through line of how, healing through authenticity, I would say. Which is so funny because I was really, like, gritty about that within my process and within having other people come on board. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, this needs – Jenna was awesome about it, too. She'd be like, wow, like – how are you going through love with this? Like, people want to understand that. And so to go from the beginning of her being like, well, how are you going to do that? How are we going to do that? To, like, having it actually follow through and become that was really, it's really cool to see that. And the work is not done. It's not even close to completion. But um, it's it's nice to have that support there, again, because there is the total aspect of challenge that comes up. Um I don't know if you remember that, like, radio interview. Yeah. We, like, watched this one user. Oh, they were were texting in live while we were on the radio. And, oh, yeah, calling her a slut. Yeah, fucking skank. Getting attention. Yeah, this is the worst show you've ever done. (laughs) So there is the challenge side of it. But, like, even then, we kind of looked at that and we're like, well... Oddly, these are the people that we need to be talking to. No, because because it has like conservative leaning listeners, and I think that that's why mm-hmm. it was so important that we went on there mm-hmm. because we don't just want to be in our Facebook bubbles all the time. We want right. to reach out to those people, 
uh, and help change their minds and expose them to ideas that that they're not used to listening to. Right, like we just want to talk. We just want to talk to people and converse about this yeah. because it is uncomfortable. Yeah, totally. Um, you were worried. I know about your career a bit. You were mm-hmm. willing to sacrifice what you had to sacrifice in order to be truthful. But you were teaching kids dance and you were concerned that their parents would have a problem with you continuing to teach and that if, if you became the sex tape girl, how would that morph your life? So what has, what has that happened? <clears throat> Initially, um, I felt like there was confirmation to that. Uh, people kind of distanced themselves from me, whether that was family or work people or gig contacts like there was a sense of silence and like people I don't think understood how to deal with this and so there was a sense of me being right I guess initially but now gosh I don't know if it's my energy or the way that I feel like a little bit more empowered and healthier but now I'm finding there's like a real sense of comfort and Mm -hmm. some of the gigs have come back into my life and I know some of the parents have listened in mm-hmm. and I just, you know, I'm seeing them. I'm working in Toronto again right now and I'm around these people again and like they're hugging me with just a sense of like sincerity and I think there's potential that there's some gigs that have dropped. Absolutely. But I think that there's also a sense of growth and empowerment to go back in mm-hmm. with, if that mm. makes sense. To reattack, <clears throat> like the career in a sense, like I, I, okay. Overall, it what it basically stems down to is overall, I feel more unified. I feel better Got about it. myself. I feel like I am Rebecca Reinhardt. Mm-hmm. Here I am. Whereas, like I was slowly shaming right. myself and quieting down, and then now I'm not there anymore. I feel like because this is a part of my life, and yes, it's tricky, and yes, it's complicated. But now when I go back in, I feel like more of myself. I feel like a sense of youthfulness has come back in in some way, which that's how I connect with people too yeah. is is through this this energy and, and this, this, you know, we've talked about like wonderment and mm-hmm. awe and I lost that and I watched myself lose, like I watched myself lose that and now it's back and so it's influencing the career moves in a different way. I think things have shifted. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've conceptualized exactly how. I think we ended the last uh, season being giving like the latest update on the case. Mm. And that was that the police have talked to your ex and they're looking at, and they place charges on him. Mm-hmm. And we didn't know what the outcome would be. Yes. But during this time, my gosh, have things changed because mm-hmm. about you were here in Toronto doing all your media appearances, feeling empowered, all these things that you're talking about. But we got to get real for a second with what happened during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. the fact that the police dropped the charges. Yes. <clears throat> so the criminal case has been dropped since. And I think that's come up on some of the media appearances. But right. Basically, the and I got letters from the police of why this happened, and oh, there's a few mixed messages being sent still, which really frustrates me and from says the there's a lot of work to do still mm. for you and I, and like mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. like myself too. But they said that his uh, response that the hard drive was stolen is enough, and then they also said why that was it enough because they don't have it in the criminal code 
to charge someone for having the footage and being irresponsible with the footage. They only have the ability at this point to charge someone with posting. And because then we couldn't prove that, and it was a sort of he said, she said, then they were like, well, yeah, we can't do anything about it. We're just going to drop it. And the Crown was supposed to meet with me. So nothing was being told to me. And I found out through my lawyer from the other lawyer who contacted them who said, oh, by the way, it's interesting that her case has been dropped. And I was like, excuse me? So then I had to go out and reach out to the cops and reach out to my, like everyone Mm -hmm. to be like, what happened? And then I talked to the detective and we had a very long conversation and he basically was just like, oh, I didn't know the Crown didn't meet up with you. We were supposed to have a meeting to discuss uh, your case, but I guess they just decided not to have the meeting and then your case got dropped. And so now there's like vigor with inside inside of me to mm-hmm. to want to talk to them and be of like, course. what happened? And yeah. they're two females. Like why, oh, you know, like I just, I might be going on a bit of a tangent here, but mm-hmm. um, there is so much to still be done and it shocks me constantly that this is not being set up properly. And I asked the detective, I said, are you guys doing anything within the police force to try and manage these better or have more representation available or, and he's like, no. And it was so like done that I was like, oh, you better believe I am going to be contacting you. Like I am going to help make change because this is only getting worse for people. And they're not doing anything about it. Well, totally. So, So the way that it was managed, you disagree with? Uh, yeah, I disagree is a strong word, but it was really, like, they, it was not easy. And it yeah. was very difficult. And um, and also, wasn't there a thing with the statute of, of limitations about, like, the time that had elapsed? Oh, yes. Thank yeah. you. Yes. So another reason that they said it was dropped afterwards in the letter was because um, I didn't take action in 2013. And I'm like, furious because I did did. and they are the ones that didn't manage that properly so now it got dropped because I didn't take action and I'm like I fucking did and so there's a lot of rage inside me I I understand that everything is complex I get it again I'm not wanting to blame anyone but like oh my gosh and like there's nothing I can do about that right now I mean I'll figure out a way to like this is an example of a way to do something is by talking about it right but Gosh, like, oh, so you oh. did try to do something about it. You wrote a letter to the police chief. Yes. So I think because I felt so, <sighs> this is a strong word, mistreated, kind of like I, I had to still always reach out for answers and reach out to find out what was going on. So I was like, I'm frustrated. I wrote the chief of police, you know, I have police in my family, so I respect them. And I was just like, listen, like, this has been really difficult. I feel, I felt lost a lot of the times. Like, I had to reach out and I, you know, I was already going through being a victim in itself and then having to catch up with you guys and follow up with you guys and be the one to initiate. That was really tough and I felt not, I just, I, I just, like, emotionally, I don't, that doesn't feel good. Like, I didn't, ah, sorry, I'm getting emotional. I didn't feel supported at Mm -hmm. all and... Oh, I just got into like a feeling right now, but I just, I was lost. Mm-hmm. I was lost and I was hurt and I was damaged. And like, I had to do all of that work on my own. And like, so I wrote the chief of police being like, this sucked. Like, and this sucks for people going forward. And so somebody wrote me back in the police and, you know, they're starting to follow up. But I just noticed that like, it's not important. It just trickles out. Yeah. Like, nothing is getting done still. And so it's like, 
I've been researching people that have made political change, and I'm like, okay, like, how can I do this? Totally. You know? Mm-hmm. And also, what a great partner to go through with with you, because you're like, Miss Paul, <laughs> you're like, politics, politics, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm always like, change within the system, and you're always like, let's create art, <laughs> and we somehow came together on this. Hiya. <laughs> Um, it's also amazing that you're still kind of apologizing for using strong words. Okay, there's a reason for that. I think because people have used strong words with me, Mm. and I realize that using Mm. strong words doesn't benefit anybody, and it's also, like, when, it's also, if I use a strong word, to me, it seems like it's a form of weakness in a way, because... I'm blaming someone else instead of like taking ownership for what I'm feeling. So Mm -hmm. that's why I'm very cautious right now about the language I use. And I just want to make sure that there's a sense of like humanism and love between who I'm talking about because I don't want to blame anybody because it's a process. And I understand that process and change takes time, but I think there's within me a little bit more drive and like oomph to hold people accountable, which sometimes gets me to use really strong words. And then I'm like, well, I don't really... I don't feel that way, but, like, I don't know how else to describe it sometimes. Because <laughs> it's very heated. Like, oh, uh, it's, you know. It's totally heated, and I think you create strong change by using strong words. But I get it because you're saying that, like, it's so nuanced mm-hmm. that you want everyone to see, like, all sides of it, right? And also having the message be about love has been mm. really difficult to navigate through because that is – and it's that's just, like, who I am. And that's just been a part of this since, like, the first second I started working on this campaign – was that this is about love. So how do you, you know, like this has been constant for us. Like how do you do, how do you make change? How do you hold someone accountable while not blaming them and, 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 yes, you yes. know, and, and finding a way to relate to them in a weird way. Like it's, it's like, sometimes I feel like I'm like, oh, I'm working on being so mature, but it, it is, it's a sense of like maturity that I'm trying to develop within myself that I maybe didn't have before, or mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not sure, but I'm very cautious about what I say and how I say it because that only if I say something negative that's only going to sit within me I know like on a healing perspective like if I say something (sighs) shitty about someone else that's only going to damage me totally and you know what that reminds me of something you did say on the social uh which I freaking loved it was so powerful you said they they said what do you want from this and you said I just want to have a conversation with him Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, chills. <laughs> if I can Ooh. still get chills from this, like that is saying something. But <sighs> I think that is what you want more than anything, more than legal action even, yeah. I would argue. You you just want clarity and you want to talk to this guy. So now that the charges have been dropped, it's going to be tough to pursue this civic Civil. Civil, sorry, side of things mm-hmm. because the police are a support for that. And so if they've mm-hmm. dropped the, the case, then mm-hmm. it's going to be hard to sue this guy, totally. right? Like the system's not set up still. Right. Yeah. The system's not set up for you to win. Or, or win. Yeah. <laughs> At right, this right. point. Or anyone going through this shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I think <laughs> that that was like a big realization is like, oh, wow. Even though I have lawyers, even though I put in all this work, mm-hmm. it kind of doesn't matter now. Yeah. So, do you still want a conversation with this guy? You know what? Honestly, yeah. Because, like, I'm coming back to Toronto. I find I'm still nervous and hiding. Because, like, oh. I am so worried I'm going to see him. I I don't think he would ever hurt me. But, like, your brain does really interesting things. And mm. I'm like, oh, my gosh. If he sees me, is he going to want to, like, punch me or hurt me? 
what it, or is he going to want to like run away from me? Is he going to want to hug me? Which I don't think would be the case. But um, yeah, I think there's a sense like on the healing side too. I think there's a part of me that wants to hug him and like get to a point where we can be like, fuck, like this sucks. You know, this is what actually happened. And maybe he did just have the hard drive stolen, but I just want him to take accountability for it being mismanaged. Yeah. yeah. And because it's not happening legally and I put so much effort into that, like there's, I feel very upset about that. And mm-hmm. I would like to be able to forgive whoever has been involved, especially him. I know. I think that's like a part of me is like, do I want that? Would I slap him in the face? Like maybe, but no, I think, yeah, I would feel emotional and I think I would be very honest with him if we did meet up, but I would like to because I want to get him on this podcast. Oh, my God. (laughs) Do you think? Oh, my God. Oh, I'm going to write it down as a goal. (laughs) What other goals do we want to accomplish with this podcast? Because now it's sort of at a point where you are having to consider not taking legal, any more legal action. Uh, We have some viewers that are interested in your story. Hmm. So with season two, let's develop this in ways that that we find empowering. Mm -hmm. And I'll say what I would like to do, which is, uh, which I kind of figured out as I was hearing people comment on this podcast, was that a lot of people don't realize that there are non-consensual videos on porn sites, Mm, right? It doesn't even cross people's minds that um, there might be millions of Rebecca Reinhardt's who have contacted Pornhub and said, hey, my face is on there. I didn't consent to that. Can you please take this down? Yeah, and or then, other porn sites. But yeah. Or other yeah. porn sites. Yeah. And then a year later, it's back on. Mm-hmm. So how do we make people aware of that and maybe create change through the, that and hold porn sites maybe even just socially accountable if we can't take legal action yeah I mean and it's cool because I think that would be really neat to do within season two and there are you know there's like celebrities talking about it which helps people understand it or connect to it I'm not sure or just under like hear about it um but like Bella Thorne for example Mm -hmm. you know she's working with Pornhub yeah um so if we could do things in our own manner to talk about accountability and protect victim future victims in our own way that'd be really cool I know and and also like within so I feel like within season two there's an option to go like the change route in a sense of like policies right and companies and the government (laughs) and like oh just small things but like the police I'm gonna be doing that regardless right yeah um and I think that that'll I like I'm kind of committed in a very calm lifeline timeline to this because things take a long time yeah and I want to still help people and I really want to pursue this. So then is the change that you would maybe want to make uh, from the police side? Uh, Well, there's so many avenues. Mm -hmm. So like, okay, there's the side of the actual um, procedural side within police and government. And then there's also like artistically. Mm -hmm. Wait, they're all the same thing though. (laughs) Okay, well, this I, is my I, creative brain working, so say, we're gonna have to. You're gonna have to help me tie this together because now I'm spinning on a creativity. <laughs> I, I like you're gonna create art throughout this. Yes, and it's I don't happening. think there's any question about that. Yeah. So, is there any action you want to pursue 
to make people more aware of, I guess, is the main thing. I'd like, yes, in Canada and wherever it needs to be done, I would like to make it a law or a part of the law process that they can be held accountable for mismanaging or um, being irresponsible with footage. So having the footage and then I would like to make a change within the system that way. I'm very confused because I thought it was. So it's, I know, I know that, but, and maybe it is becoming that now, but I lost my case because he didn't post the footage. I see. I see. Uh, he's not being charged because he was, um. They can't prove that it was him that put it on the post. And they don't have it in their system to start the conversation to be like, well, did he really, right, right, you right. know. Yeah, they can't. Like, it's like, either did he post it or did he not? That's where law is at right now. Uh, okay. Instead of being like, well, he had the footage. Should he not be held accountable? Like, that conversation is Got not it. happening. Got it. Wow. So, yeah, there's, like, that side. And, like, do we want to share that on season two? Like, do you guys want to hear that? Do you like, guys want to hear that? So, yes. I think the coolest thing is, like, so Gina and I have been looking at, you know, we've been mm-hmm. looking at the people listening and the countries and cities, and it's so weird and interesting and inspiring to know that there's people listening all over the world and Mm -hmm. it's happening on its own like we're Mm -hmm. not really promoting it right now in Mm -mm. any way shape or form but it's still going so we kind of want to hear too yeah like what people want to hear about um like or what change they want to see because as far as I'm concerned just from reading some of the comments that you've gotten you know a lot of victims have reached out and I wonder if like we can all come together to take some sort of action I think that that could be pretty inspiring could be kind of cool let us know what you think let us know hit us up we want to connect with you (laughs) who are you click and connect (laughs) thank you so much for listening please like and subscribe and visit www.unintentionalpornstar.com